We are I. One of the Canadian senators that I follow on Twitter posted a report yesterday that Canada is one of the worst performing countries economically, you know, in the Western world from the years 2020, they predict, to 2030. Now, if we look at like what that is, that's really, you know, Justin Trudeau getting into office and maintaining office. I know that he got into office before 2020, you know, but the policy changes and the policies that he enacted and the influence that he had over Canada, you want to see a whole lot of impact within the first few years. Like it takes a few years for these things to kind of really kick in from a a long-term, you know, economic impact, positive or negative. Now, also a part of this study is saying that, you know, it is predicted from 2030 to 2060, this is going to perpetuate. Canada is going to be in a terrible economic position, you know, from 2030 to 2060. Now, obviously, a lot of things can change, you know, and this is all based on how things are going right now. And, you know, where there's leadership change and policy change, these things could change. But what it's what it's stating, what it's looking at is if we stay on the same trajectory that we're on right now, this is the category that we are going to be in. And what's astonishing to me is how people in Canada can still believe Justin Trudeau's bullshit. The main point of bullshit is like this is somebody who willingly admits that they don't understand anything about fiscal responsibility. Like he has admitted this himself. Now, one of the primary things that you should be very knowledgeable about as a prime minister or a president or even a dictator of a com- or a country is fiscal responsibility. Like if you can't manage your own books, if you don't know how to be able to manage the money, even if you don't know at an expert level, because you're going to have your finance minister, you are going to have consultants and everything around you, that's fine. But you can't tell me that Cynthia Freeland has any fucking clue as deputy prime minister, anything about fiscal responsibility either, when these two act like a clown show when it comes to understanding fiscal responsibility. Now, I am absolutely no expert either. Like, I'm the furthest thing from an expert in fiscal responsibility. However, I can see the forest through the trees seemingly a lot better than what these two can. Now, and I'll tell you the reason why. Way back when these, you know, the Green New Deal was, you know, signed and like years ago and now this perpetual bullshit that we see in regards to, you know, the policies, these green policies, one of them being how by 2030, all cars in Canada that are sold need to be EVs. Now, this is absolute raping and pillaging lands in other countries. And you have legitimate slaves 
mining for the precious metals that are used in the, the making of EVs. And if you want to turn a blind eye to all this, great. But let's get back to the economic impact and the economic slump that Canada is in. Now, you just sold, Justin Trudeau just approved the sale of one of the world's largest lithium mines that is in Canada to the Chinese. So if you want to mandate that all cars in Canada by 2030 need to be EVs, why the fuck would you sell one of the world's largest lithium mines to the Chinese? Okay, so here we go. This is the beginning. Now, what has come up recently in other countries? Places like, say, California. Well, California is not a country, I understand, but I'm just saying within a country, there's a state, and this has happened. And this is not the only place that this has happened either around the world. That they've said to people that they need to stop charging their electric vehicles because they don't actually have the power to be able to charge them. And the amount of electric vehicles is such a small, small minority percentage of the vehicles that are out there. And they're already facing these infrastructure program problems. Now, the one thing that we do know is that it has been widely accepted that there is no country, no province, no state that has the proper infrastructure to be able to handle this kind of influx of electricity demand. The one thing that we also know in BC is that a lot of the electricity that we generate, the vast majority of the electricity that we generate, we sell to the United States. So what are we going to do when electricity demands go up exponentially? But then the profits that we can make from that exponential increase also increase. Are we going to be incentivized or less incentivized to be able to keep that electricity in-house? Well, I would believe with how greedy our governments are and how they don't understand fiscal responsibility and understand these issues fiscally in a homegrown nature, in a homegrown perspective, that we need that here. Even if you can make more money so you can raise your own salaries and you can waste more money, we need it here. We need that here. Never mind that there's not even the amount of electric charging stations that you would need in a place like this. You would need to be able to have massive rebates for everybody to be able to, you know, charging their cars at home. You would need rebates or something for BC Hydro because in increasing the amount of crews, because do you think that they're changing out all the transformers everywhere to be able to handle this kind of influx? And we've already seen this in BC because transformers blow all the time because of all these grow ups that have been in houses and everything for decades and decades and decades out here and transformers blowing up in residential neighborhoods because of the power demands. So they have to go increase the transformers. Well, what happens when there's two or three cars, one, two, three cars at a residential um, house that all need to be charged by electricity? And then how do you even manage that in a place where there's, say, a basement suite downstairs and a family upstairs? Now, in a scenario like that, there's an average of four cars. 
how do you manage who is going to be able to use that electric charging station in a scenario like that? Do you have four? What happens if you have all four cars trying to charge at the same time in those houses and the population density is wild? What happens when in all of these condo buildings, when there's at least at least a couple hundred vehicles, and that's not even towers. You're talking, you know, maybe the, the four to five story ones where there's a couple hundred cars that are a direct result of just that building. And you have a condo building, one, in a grouping of, say, where I live, there's at least, I don't know, probably now 60 condo buildings. And I can't even count how many thousands of townhouses amongst all the thousands of single family homes that are all within, I don't know, uh, eight, six, six kilometer radius. So what happens with the energy demands in a place like that? Never mind in the individual spots like the economy, do you have, you know, 200, you know, electric charging stations? Well, they're all going to be plugged in at night, no? So those energy surges are going to be at night. Well, one thing that we do know is what BC Hydro does is they increase the charge during demand periods. They don't lessen it. So what's going to be the biggest predictor there? Well, we know all across the board that electricity rates are going to go up at night because everybody's going to be charging their electric vehicles at night. Well, what happens to the grid when you have millions of cars plugged in at night, charging on that grid. What starts to happen? And we've seen this happen in places like California and around the world already, where it can't keep up with the demand. And you're going to think our infrastructure is going to be able to keep up with that kind of demand when we're not already, right now, today, working on that problem to solve it in seven short years from now? Like, does the average person, does the politicians understand the length of time it it takes to be able to create that kind of infrastructure that is going to be able to sustain that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now we're not even getting into like the actual problem that is being widely reported on this winter. Last winter, you started to hear this winter has been exceptionally bad is all of these articles being posted, how electric vehicles are horrible in the winter. And who do you have promoting the most aggressive policy change to be able to switch into electric vehicles? It's Justin Trudeau. Where does Justin Trudeau reside? Canada. What's Canada famous for? Cold fucking weather. Do you see the problem here? Do you see the problem how in these cold climates, people have been reporting when they plug in their car, it says it's going to take, you know, a day, two days. That one guy famously had his vehicle plugged in where it said it was going to take a week to charge in those cold temperatures. Like, have we factored in that? Have we decided to try to troubleshoot that? Is there any program set up to try to troubleshoot that? No. But yet you're going to mandate this, and this is the person who says that they don't understand fiscal responsibility. Well, they actually obviously don't understand a lot more than that because you can see this crippling point coming at 2030 where if you think things were going to be bad, you're going to have car companies selling cars to people who can't charge them, who can't commute, who can't go to work. Like, Do, do we see 
the juxtaposition here between economic growth and economic stagnation and the degradation of our GDP. Because these kind of policies affect our GDP in a way that people who can see the forest through the trees can understand. And these are some of the things that I'm highlighting now because you will never be able to, to problem solve that after the fact. You need to be proactive now. Because you can't do these things after the fact. You you can't do these things after 2030 and expect to be successful when right now today we have examples worldwide, internationally, how this system is failing and you're doing nothing to be able to exponentially increase the infrastructure. There has been nothing by the Trudeau government. There's been nothing by any government saying that we are creating this infrastructure fund to be able to dramatically increase the infrastructure to be able to support the influx of EVs on the road in the next seven years. There hasn't been. But yet people want to keep this stupid fucking person in power who can slowly erode Canada down and just grind our GDP down. To levels that are unrecognizable for an advanced Western country, which this is what this report has shown that this senator here in Canada tweeted yesterday. This is where we're at right now. This is how our country is being looked upon when you have Justin Trudeau at the helm saying he admires basic dictatorships like China is a part of the World Economic Forum and is Klaus Schwab's puppet and knows nothing about leading a country. Nothing. So the question of the day here is, are you somebody who can see the forest through the trees in the country that you live in, in the province or state that you live in, when it comes to these failed economic policies by our so-called alleged leaders.